everyone. If you have the KSGF app this afternoon, you will get a notification as to what the Godfather's Pizza special is for tonight. It is a special that is only notified by way of, or the only way you get that notification is with the KSGF app. And they deliver. this. The deal is good at their four area locations, Springfield, Battlefield, Nixa, and Ozark. And again, they do deliver. So uh, it's convenient. In fact, this may be what I do tonight now that I think about it. Um, Godfather's Pizza, fantastic pizza, great local owner. Um You'd like the guy if you know if you know him, you know that you like the guy. But uh, if you don't, you're definitely gonna. Uh, if you ever get a chance to meet him, like the guy, and and uh, it's just a, a great, great place to go or have delivered. So that's Godfather's, and you can register to win a pizza party also at ksgf.com. But download that app if you haven't already, and have those notifications turned on, and then you will find out around 4 o'clock this afternoon what that deal is. We are going to chat with Secretary of State and gubernatorial candidate Jay Ashcroft coming up here in just a little bit. First, the latest news update. Good morning, everyone. I'm Angela Luna. Following up on a story we brought you earlier this week, an 86-year-old man has died from his injuries after he was run over by a car in Springfield Tuesday night. Police say they believe the victim, Jerry Wickwar, had walked out of the dive bar on East Division Street and passed out behind a car in the parking lot. The driver didn't know Wickwar was there when they backed out and hit him. Officers are still investigating, but believe the two men were friends and the incident was not intentional. A West Plains man will spend several years behind bars for distributing child pornography and sexual exploitation of a one-year-old child. Authorities found explicit images on Kenneth Worthy's cell phone of him with the victim. Worthy is sentenced to 40 years in federal prison without parole. And the city of Springfield wants your feedback on the future of historical Commercial Street. You can offer your opinion about how the money should be spent. You can find that on the city of Springfield's website. From Color 10 Studios, I'm Angela Luna. The First Alert Forecast, sponsored by Sinclair of the Ozarks Home Improvements from Color 10, Fox 49 meteorologist Tom Schmidt. Mostly cloudy today, 40% chance of rain, a high today of 57, rain 43 tonight. Mostly cloudy tomorrow with a slight chance of rain, high of 48, Sunday sunny, high of 51. Anthony Carricker with us this morning, how do you do? I'm doing pretty well, how about you? I am doing just fine as we, this I probably be the last time that I know we'll chat on air before Christmas. uh, So Merry Christmas. Yeah, you as well. All right. You too, Sarah, even though you're not like talking to us. She's over here busy working away. I know. How dare she? What What do you got for us today? You, you're always just filled with very pertinent, relevant information. And I'm sure today's no different. Well, everybody's been talking about it, hoping for it. Not the housing collapse, but interest rates yeah, coming down. Right. That process has started a little bit. So that's kind of what I wanted to touch on today is how to be prepared for when those rates actually do hit their lows for this rate cycle. And biggest thing there is something we've kind of been harping on for for months now. And that is if you're even considering doing a loan, refinance, purchase, even if you just want to get your numbers in order to make sure that you are ready to jump and pull the trigger if and when that opportunity arises, Start the process sooner rather than later. The media is going to be a week, maybe two, behind on any news related to Fed drops, actual interest rate drops, anything like that. They're reporting to you after the fact. They are telling you about the party after the ship has sailed. So it's the difference between watching the game and hearing about it later. 
Well, but imagine that the guy you're hearing about it from was under the impression that he had the info and the score first. Okay, got it, Because <laughs> the media thinks they're doing a service. They think they are, oh, yeah, interest rates, they're, they're coming down, folks. They think they're on topic. They think they're on time. They're not, ever. They are always behind the ball, or behind the, uh, behind the announcements. So timing that rate drop to, you know, really grab it right at the bottom of the, the swing is impossible. Nobody's got that crystal ball. Nobody's going to be able to call you, get your loan app, get all of the documents necessary to pull that trigger in 12 hours. Even if we wanted to work a 12-hour day, it's not possible. So if you're talking about it, if you're thinking about it, even if you aren't thinking about it, and it's just kind of this, you know, oddball, spitball idea rolling around in your brain only comes up once a month, what's the harm? It costs you nothing. You get a professional's opinion. And if and when rates do hit that magic sweet spot for your scenario, you're right there ready to pull the trigger. It's as simple as we give you a phone call, say, hey, you want to do this? You give us an answer. Okay. Um, so, yeah, that's kind of the big thing is, you know, just be prepared for that, people. Don't be, especially if you're one of those who's been sitting around waiting for this rate drop to happen. If you're waiting to hear about the big drop in the news, you're going to miss that boat. Don't do yourself a disservice. Get the process started early. Give us a call. Let us do the, the brainstorming. Let us find your game plan. Let us nail down that sweet spot. That way, when the time comes, you don't miss out and, you know, we can get everything going the way it works for you and your family. All right. Great advice, as always, Anthony Carricker. And I want a great homeloan.com. Because you do. Have a great one, sir. Coming up, running for governor, Jay Ashcroft will join us next here at Scramblers for our first responders breakfast. If you are a first responder, you get free breakfast until 9 o'clock this morning. That, thanks to Pyramid Roofing Company and Barker's Frame and Collision, and, of course, Scramblers here on Republic and National. I'm Nick Reed. Now the latest traffic update. KSGF.com. My name is Nick Reed. We are live once again from Scramblers, our Friday road show every Friday here. And it is uh, one of our special breakfasts. If you're a first responder, you get free breakfast this morning till 9 o'clock. That thanks to Pyramid Roofing Company and Barker's Frame and Collision, along with Scramblers chipping in. And they're all buying you breakfast this morning if you are a first responder. And again, you have until 9 a.m. to do that. And one of the great things, of course, about having these breakfasts, it makes it a lot easier to uh, to get some of our guests in and out. And one of those here this morning, we have running for governor, Jay Ashcroft. It's good to see you. Good morning. Thanks for having I, me. I, I feel like most of the time I'm, I'm chatting with you over the phone. You keep in touch with us. And, I, and you know, it's almost a formality to say, well, if you're ever in town, but you're in town. <laughs> it is. It's great to be back here. It's, it's a large state, getting to every county That's every year. True. Completed that about two weeks ago, so it's just I'm always someplace, but uh, great to be in God's country. Hitting every, and uh, I mean, of course, you've traveled the state, but I imagine that there's always some place that, even as much as you've traveled the state, you come across, you're like, I've never even heard of this place. You know, that can happen, yeah. but more importantly, it's the people I yeah. meet that tell me stories about where they are and their situation and what they need done. And sometimes those ideas that sound really good in the swamp don't make any sense when you talk to people. They can say, look, this is why it's a problem. 
it, it takes a person, well, anyone, you've you got to be proactive to figure out what's going on in the minds of people outside your own bubble. I mean, you know, that's just the way it is. We, we all live in our world, whatever that is. And somebody who is an elected official, clearly there are a lot of people who kind of create that bubble who are paid to be knocking on your door. And so... Um, that that proactive attempt of getting out there and talking with people, and so I, I'm all, I am always curious, and I'm curious now. What 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 do people just what are they telling you? What are, what are their concerns? Um, I like to think I to some degree know because we do events like this, and people will come up and and they'll just offer thoughts and concerns about things. But I also recognize this is one tiny little place in the entire state. So when you go about, what are the things that you're hearing people talk about? They're mad. Uh, They think government is out of control, it's running amok, it's taking over their privileges as human beings and as parents to make their own decisions. They're scared of how they make their paycheck last, of how they're going to keep the roof over their family's heads. Are they going to have to take another job? Can they get that job? Um, They're scared because government is making life more difficult for them instead of creating an environment where they can make their own decisions and be successful. I've, I'm sure, expressed this to you in conversation over the years that uh, I, I get frustrated because we live in a, a red state and Republicans run everything and got supermajority and you know all of all these these different benefits, if you will. Yet we don't get demonized like a Florida. We don't get demonized like a Texas. We people don't across the country know the name of our governor as some sort of horrible person. Because we're not doing anything. uh, Yeah, and so what are your thoughts about where we are as a state run by Republicans where Republicans can have anything that they want versus where we should be? Uh, What I'm telling you is the people of this state are not getting the elected officials they deserve. They're getting elected officials that say one thing and do another. We didn't do anything uh, on educational choice this past session. We didn't do anything to make sure parents were in charge of what's happening with their kids, either in libraries or in education. We didn't do anything really to push back on ESG and DEI. We, we, we had the state Senate actually pass a bill that would allow any foreign country to buy all the land they want in our state, as opposed to saying, no, we don't want foreign countries prying to buy our land. We did something to protect women's sports and to to stop the mutilations of little kids. But then our state Senate put a four-year sunset on it and said, well, in four years it's okay. That's why people are mad. That's why people don't know if it makes sense to vote because it seems like every time they vote, no matter who they vote for, they get the same bland, I know better than you politicians. I want to just give you thoughts on something and get get my thoughts and then get your thoughts and when it comes to education this is one of the areas that to me is frustrating again because it is such a no-brainer whether it's school choice or other school choice across every category of people as parents they seem to be in favor of it Um, across the economic spectrum the racial spectrum age demographics it's something that is supported by most parents you think that is such a no-brainer issue an absolute politically it's a no-brainer issue but at the same time we continue to fail across this country 
across, and the test scores go down, down, down. The implication of this, I, I it, it makes me at times almost just want to throw up my hands and think, what are we doing? It's just so maddening to me. Your your thoughts on well, it? You know, I, I sometimes say we spend $9.7 billion in education spending a year. But we really don't because we're not educating kids. No. If you look at our schools in Missouri, fewer than 25% of 8th graders are proficient in math and reading. I didn't say proficient in Latin and calculus. I said math and reading, core components you need for everything, and over 75% of our kids are not. We're not, we're not educating. It's because we have too many people in Jefferson City that know in their heart of hearts they know better than parents do, and they're wrong. I, I also suspect, though, as an outsider, some of this is stereotyping that you have a lot of Republicans that are fearful that there will be the teacher-friendly organizations and unions that will come out against them if they support real meaningful change that is actually going to benefit the kids. And so that clearly there are some form of roadblocks that are out there to preventing this. What, what, ha what needs to happen? I, I mean, what, what has to happen and what, if you get elected governor, do you, will you even have the ability to do in order to have that meaningful change? You know, it helps to replace some people in the legislature that think they know better, that are beholden to the special interests and the lobbyists dropping off checks to them. But what we really need is leadership. We need a governor that will stand up and say, we're going to do this. We're going to put parents first, and right beneath them we're going to have teachers instead of administrators and superintendents. We're going to make teachers the rock stars of school and let them actually teach kids. Um, if you look in, in, in Iowa, the, the, the governor said, we're going to do this. The legislature voted it down. The governor then went out and primaried, campaigned, and got rid of six legislators, I believe it was. The next year, the legislature passed it. In Arkansas, Governor uh, Huckabee came in and said, do this. I won't sign anything else. Got it done. We need leadership and a government and a governor that will stand up for the people. We're talking with Jay Ashcroft, of course, running for governor here in the state of Missouri. We're going to take a quick break. We'll continue on live from Scramblers. We do have uh, still uh, 30, 40 minutes left for you first responders to come by and get your free breakfast. Thanks to Pyramid Roofing Company and Barker's Frame and Collision. I'm Nick Reed. Jay Ashcroft with us this morning here at Scramblers as he... Makes his way across the state, running for governor. I, I was having a conversation with a, a person who's an elected official, what I would consider, you know, one of the good ones, the type that we we want in there. And there was conversation about all of the things that, legislatively speaking, and these these things that that need to be done, positive things. And I walked away from it, and then I was thinking to myself, those are all positive things. But at the same time, I think if things on a larger scale continue in the direction they're going, some of those things almost become meaningless. It is like, you know, oh, we have a wiring issue on the Titanic, and we do need to get on that because the <laughs> lights are flickering in the, in, in the main dining hall. And, yeah, that is important, but if this whole ship goes down, it becomes irrelevant. And I, I just look at what's going on with the the targeting of uh, you know, those that are disobedient politically to the current power structure and the attempt to do what 
has always been something we saw dictators do and banana republics do. And I don't like to be one that just uses the broad brush of if things don't go right this election, because frankly, that's what the Democrats keep talking about, the end of democracy as we know it. But dang it, I sense people that think if things don't go, this is it. This, This really is it. And what I fear is that even mentally enough people will, if things aren't headed in the right direction due to the you know the upcoming elections that enough people will give up that it will be over uh i'm concerned by that um when you see how the federal government is targeting citizens just for exercising their free speech rights when you see companies in collusion with the government to coerce people when you see uh when most governments when they talk about education they talk about uh, workforce development. They're not about teaching people to think to make their own decisions. They're about slotting people into slots for companies. Yeah. That's not what we're about. We're about human and individualism. That's what we need to fight for. What makes you want to do this? Because I, I, mean, I just... refuse to let it happen without a fight. Um, I just, I, I was never brought up to just sit quietly. And at some point, when there's a problem, and you see what's going on, and you have the ability to step in and fix it, and you refuse to, then you become part of the problem. I mean, it's it's Edmund Burke. All, all that's needed for evil to triumph is for good to do nothing. And frankly, Republicans are doing nothing. I uh, oftentimes struggle with this idea of what's worse, the the oppressor that is pretty transparent about it elected officials that are just openly blatantly we know what's best we're going to tell you or those who say that they aren't that way but they quietly behind closed doors are fine with it and it, it's i, I don't the know the latter yeah I, it's always the people that are dishonest if you cannot tell the truth if you don't have that character that's a problem um, and I'd much rather deal with an elected official that I disagreed with that was honest uh, than someone that lied to me and, and said they agreed with me when they didn't, because I can deal with that and figure out how to how to beat them at their own game. <laughs> uh, Jay Ashcroft with us. Can we have you for another second? Sure. Can we take commercial break? Because I, I know you're you're busy. You probably got up early this morning, <laughs> and, and uh, we don't want to keep too much of your time. But since we do have you, I'm going to... Uh, steal you for another segment here from Scramblers this morning. We're going to get a weather check just a moment. First, the latest traffic. Live from Scramblers to get a look at that first alert forecast this morning. Sponsored by Wolfpack Cleaners, your professional and residential professional cleaners from Color 10 Fox 49 meteorologist Tom Schmidt, mostly cloudy with a 40% chance of rain today, high of 57, 43 tonight. Mostly cloudy tomorrow, slight chance of rain, high of 48, and Sunday sunny with a high of 51. Uh, Jay Ashcroft is with us running for governor, which you uh, got pretty good hearing because it can be loud in here. Usually people have to wear headphones just to hear me. Um, so I just thought I'd compliment you on your hearing this morning because that's clearly relevant. Um, but somebody had, they texted in a question regarding vetting. And this is something that, well, in this area we see a lot of this. People who 
demonstrate through their voting when it really comes down to it that they are more big government tax and spend liberal democrat but they run as republican because they're in republican areas and and then of course don Carricker, whom our listeners are familiar with he uh has been on the air a few times talking about the the attempt to implement with at least some of the counties right. this ability to do vetting not to pick goes on the ballot, but just to note if there's anyone that clearly should not be on the ballot by way of them demonstrating through a survey that they actually believe in and will support the Republican Party platform. There's a back and forth on that. Some that say, no, it should just be the primary voters that make that decision. Just the overall subject matter of that. Any thoughts you have? You you are Secretary of State, so... As a citizen and resident of Missouri, I'm terrified by anyone that's running for office that thinks they shouldn't have to ask questions about where they stand on the issues and that they, quote, shouldn't be vetted. I understand that people can have differences of opinion about how you should vet. Should that be done through the statewide system? Should it be done at the county level? But elections aren't about politicians. They're not about elected officials. They're about we the people making decisions. And uh, anything that helps the people know more about the candidates uh, to make sure that Republicans are choosing a Republican nominee, Democrats are choosing a Democrat nominee. I mean, the Lions Club shouldn't choose who's the president of the Elks Club. I'm in favor of that. I'm in favor of being responsive to the people because I'm a public servant, not a politician. Uh, uh, so I was sitting here thinking about the way I wanted to ask the, the next question and... I don't know. It may not be the best way, but I'm going to ask anyhow. It, well, I was thinking earlier this morning just about your family and your father, which most people are familiar with, even across, well, heck, the world because of his instrumental um, involvement in this country dealing with 9-11. And I, I wonder how much of I do you do you talk with him about things and I, I oh, want yeah. I also want to preface this by saying to me it's not so much I'm curious because of his resume but acknowledging that other than meeting him a couple of times I don't know him but he's always struck me as a person who is very thoughtful very faith-based who makes decisions based off of deep thought and what he believes is right and wrong and so i just wonder if you know if that is that a resource for you what that relationship is like it's definitely a resource i mean first and foremost before he's a resource he's my dad sure um but he is a resource i'm big on what i would call collaborative leadership and um, I think that's really a combination of, of committees where there is no leadership, it's the dearth of leadership, and the people that just go it alone. I think the, the right leadership we need are, are, are individuals in positions of, of power that listen to as many people as they can, debate it, but then make a decision and move forward with it on their own and be responsible for that. It's been great to have someone like Dad that's seen so much, although I must say in the last several years, a lot more often, he's just said, I've never seen anything like this. And he is so disgusted yeah. and really repulsed by what's happened with some of the actions by the Justice Department. So would you say that your relationship is more or less like the Joe Biden-Hunter Biden relationship? <laughs> um, I, I think guys, I should you know, be offended by that question. Uh, I'm not sure if it's that you probably, compared me to Hunter Biden or you compared my dad to Joe Biden. Um, clearly, you don't know my father. No, um, I'm being facetious, of course. 
uh, you know, we talk regularly, but it's more just he's my dad. Yeah, right. Sure. And um, as as important as I think it is for me to be involved, for the people to have a fighter that will fight at least as hard as they are for the next generation. In the end analysis, my family's more important. Yeah. Uh, it's my mom, my dad, my siblings, my children. That's why I do this, so that I can leave a better legacy than I was granted. Uh, and the reason I ask the question is you know, people, when it comes to choosing whom they trust and, and leadership, of course, you know, oh, they're debates, or they said this, or they said that. But I've learned just through... You read biographies or autobiographies. You can tell so much about a person based off of where they draw their thought, where what their base source is, what where they get that information. And that's one of the reasons that I ask. It's just I suspected I knew the answer, but there's still. no ten percent to the big guy in my family. Yeah. If that's what you're asking about. <laughs> yeah. That's what I was getting around to. Though. Um, got uh, Jay Ashcroft with us as he is um, making his way throughout the state and has been, of course, as he runs for governor. Anything else at all just you want to convey, whether it's philosophical or, or subject matter? You know, I would just ask the people to look at my record. They're going to hear a lot of things. I'm going to learn a lot of new things about myself that I never knew when the attack ads get started. Um, some of them might even be true. Um, but what I want to ask the people to do is look at the records of the people that are running. Don't just look at what they say. When they talk about a bill, read the bill. Because we've been fooled before. And there's no one running for governor that has a record of doing what he said he would do, like I do. And that's why I want to serve the people of the state. I know you're being, I've said that was going to be the last question, I think, but clearly it was a lie. Um, you should run for you're very bu- Yeah, right. <laughs> you're, you're, you're clearly a very busy person, and, and but you talk about family and the importance of it. But I do wonder what, when you have, like, oh, we have this weekend and there's absolutely nothing on my calendar, nothing to do. What is it you do? What, what, what's your recreational or relaxation? Uh, I spend time with my family. Yeah. Um, and I make sure I don't walk out to the driveway to my car because then my eight-year-old will think I'm leaving, oh. and that is not fun. Um, but, no, this weekend I'll be home with my family. I'll probably do some yard work. My wife has a long list I have not gotten to right. for quite a while. I need to get into my beehives, need to check on my chickens. But it's just down-to-earth being right. a normal person. Well, that's not very exciting. It's a wonderful <laughs> thing to no, me to recenter on what matters. Faith, family. Well, listen, I, I do appreciate you coming by this morning and you, as many of the other candidates, elected officials, they make themselves available over the phone. I know it's not always easy to do in person, but to me, there's just something extra you get out of that in the face-to-face meeting. And I think for listeners, too, and of course, uh, the ability for them to meet you out here and, and hear you live in person, I think it makes a difference, so I appreciate it. Well, thanks for having me. Always happy to answer questions. And if I'm lucky this weekend, I got some ammo at a really good price uh, for Black Friday, so my wife and I might actually get to go shooting. All thanks right. for having ho- me. Ho- hope so. Jay Ashcroft, everyone. Springfield's Talk 1041, broadcasting live from Scramblers this morning. I'm Nick Reed. Sarah Myers, everyone. Well, uh, it's Mr. Ashcroft. He was talking about maybe uh, doing some shooting over this weekend. And if you are needing to restock 
on your ammo as well. I recommend that you take a trip down there to Quick Draw Gun in Monette. And also while you're down there, if you're needing to do some last-minute Christmas shopping, that is the place to go. Uh, Brad and his team, they compiled a really good uh, kind of list of stocking stuffer gifts. And they also have gift cards available. So if you were thinking about purchasing a firearm for somebody, but, you know, that's kind of a difficult task to do. And maybe you're just like, you know, I'll let you go ahead and do it. Gift cards, once again, are available down there. I recommend them. They're just, they're good people. If you read the reviews on uh, Brad and his team, one thing that you're going to see over and over and over again is just how knowledgeable they are, how friendly they are, and how they really take the time to get to know you. You don't get lost in the shuffle like you can in some of those bigger uh, stores. So if that's the type of shop that you're looking for, I highly recommend Brad and his team down there at Quick Draw Gun in Monette. Now, in the meantime, you can find all of their contact information, uh, shop hours, actual physical address. All of that is going to be housed under the Sarah's Endorsements tab at KSGF.com. Townhall.com has a piece regarding the recent letter that was released of all of these interns in the White House. This made a bit of a blip in the news, though it did not get a great deal of coverage because it is a continuation of the portrayal of this White House as nobody really in charge or who is in charge. And so there was this, it was a letter sent to President Biden demanding that the administration back Hamas's call for a ceasefire. And it was signed by all these White House interns. And this was released, right? Now, apparently, there's some intrigue about this because it appears as if whomever orchestrated this was not even an intern, and it appears as if no one even knows who it was. The, the There is a group called Group Me White House Intern Chat, and evidently somebody by the name of Farah Nagarajan is the individual that had crafted this... this um, letter and posted it in this chat room which is supposed to only have interns it's accessible to interns and and you know told everyone hey we all need to sign this we need to have our voices heard she gave interns in the chat until that evening to submit their names and additionally told them that the names would not be revealed which of course defeats the purpose to some degree and then this person left the chat the letter was leaked to the press with nbc news reporting on it now i i suspect the reason that this in that, that this person posing as an intern uh said oh you have to do it by this evening because they recognize that you know somebody may at some point say does anybody know who this intern is um, you know, and, and figure out that this wasn't actually an intern, and so gave this deadline, got the signatures, and then turned it over to NBC. There, there are a number of questions, and Politico has a piece on this, um, regarding what what's the motivation of this. I mean, 
on one hand, some people speculate that, well, this is some Republican operative that was trying to make the White House look bad, make it look as if they have no control even over their own interns, and that there are anti-Semites that are Hamas supporters uh, within the White House in the form of interns. Um, Others are going to look at this and see that, well, there actually are anti-Semitic, pro-Hamas terrorist organization interns within the White House. And so um, (laughs) this is the result of it. Uh, As far as the person who wasn't apparently actually an intern, it just could have been somebody that is pro-Hamas, knew that this would be the result, and they wanted this this public display in order to continue the pressure on the White House to call for Israel to give Hamas what they want to give. So there's a number of different motivating factors potentially at play here. But what it says to me, and this is something we're seeing increasingly, particularly and, and perhaps solely with Democrats, is they have no control over people that they are supposed to have control of. There were all of those interns or staffers of of Democrats that did that walkout or whatever of the Capitol. It was something similar. It was a bunch of these interns, what, teenagers, maybe early 20s, that are taking it upon themselves to tell members of Congress, to tell the White House what they need to do as the leaders of the free world, particularly when it comes to dealing with terrorism and international relations. Now, all of this gives a snapshot of a number of reasons that we are just so royally screwed up in this world and in this country. Let's just look at how it plays out. When this does occur, as we have seen, and again, it appears solely Democrats are the ones who have this problem, with these interns that are making these demands. The media treats it as if it is relevant, as if these individuals are relevant in the discussion. At interns making their demands to world leaders is an element of the public discussion that should be considered as much and as significant as any of the people actually involved in what's going on. Because if you notice that, that's the way it's presented. It's presented as if these are significant individuals that should be listened to. These are freaking interns. These are staffers. Again, we are talking about individuals that many of which have never even had a real job or this is their first job. These are individuals that haven't finished college, which, of course, doesn't necessarily mean that that's a bad thing. As we've seen, these universities are generally the ones who screw the kids up or at least finish the job. All of the people in the world that we should listen to in the capacity that they seemingly expect to be listened to and as they're presented as if they should be listened to, these are the last people. This is It is Lord of the Flies style stuff. 
I think it also just says well, it's something about their attitude and their mentality. And another reason that we're so screwed up in this world is that you have these individuals who do not have life experience. They don't have education. They don't have understandings. Yet they feel as if they are the person in the room that should be making the decision. They feel as, and they present themselves as righteous and as individuals that should be listened to by the ones who actually make the decisions. And this isn't to say that there isn't a time and a place for these individuals to be heard and to be listened to, and it's not to say that they don't perhaps at times have valuable insight. But this go straight to the winner's circle mentality that just because I exist, that means that I should be listened to. And what's furthermore is the fact that it gets validated by the media in presenting it that way. And apparently within the Democrat Party, it's validated because this is where it's happening. When these stories come out, you do hear about subsequent action by the White House or by, you know, Democrat members of Congress that arrange a meeting so that they all can sit around and hear the concerns of these individuals and talk with them about how they can do things better. And then you recognize when you look at, at the adults who are supposed to be the decision makers that are catering to this spoiled brat center of the universe mentality and and we are talking about the problem is within the democrat party again congress and the white house and those people when you look at how they deal with interns and they have created an atmosphere with individuals that are interns that make the interns feel that they are actually the ones in charge and in some capacity demonstrate that they are, that the people who create that atmosphere are the same ones that we're entrusting to deal with countries like Iran, deal with situations like we're dealing with in the Middle East, deal with a, a North Korea, with China. With all. It is frightening. I mean, in a bumper sticker way of putting it, that people who can't even control their own interns, we are expecting to somehow have the upper hand and the wise knowledge of how to deal with adversarial people when we're talking about world leaders. If you can't control your own interns, I don't think it's reasonable to expect that you're going to be able to control these rogue leaders of foreign countries and these bad players who want to do us harm and i think that is an aspect of all of this these stories they get seen as oh a bunch of rambunctious kids that you know want their way it, it isn't their behavior that's concerning it is the behavior of the leaders who have allowed that to foster and who cater to it and the fact that they're the ones that are in charge of much of this stuff that's what scares the living daylights out of me Springfield's Talk 1041 live from Scramblers this morning. It is a first responder breakfast until 9 o'clock this morning. Free breakfast for first responders. So you got about eight minutes to get in here for that. Thanks to Pyramid Roofing, Barker's Frame and Collision, and of course, Scramblers. I'm Nick Reed. One of my friends, Mark Long, happens to be here. How are you? I'm doing great. I, I was I was talking about you just uh, well. It was in the hour with Tom Arts this morning about and 
is, it was a true story that I walked out into my garage earlier and my brother and his family, they're coming up for Christmas. And it was a couple years ago or so that they were there. And I thought, I wonder if they've been here since I got my garage done. <laughs> <laughs> kind of hoping they hadn't been because you love showing that to people, of course, uh, you having garage experts. And uh, and you and, and Shelly are going on the Great Escape this year. We are. We're so excited about yeah, that. Exactly. It's going to be so – I'm so glad that you guys are coming along. I yeah. love it whenever our friends come along. No, no, we can't wait. When Shelly and I keep talking about it. We, we keep talking we're going to continue to travel, but uh, you never seem to have time when you own a business. So, Well, and you can sort of write this off as networking, right? <laughs> I mean, after all, maybe uh, get some folks into a much, much better garage. And for people that don't know, and I'm not ever going to do as good of a job as you do uh, when it comes to explaining what it is um, that you all do, tell people. Well, we do uh, epoxy floors, whether that's in your garage or in a commercial space or uh, retail space. We've done them in warehouses, uh, people's shops, uh, basements, uh, patios, garages. Um, you know, anywhere there's concrete, you can put epoxy right. over it and, and improve the look and the performance of it. So um, it works out really well. But we also do, uh, as you know, Nick, garage storage cabinets. Um, they're great cabinets for that use in the garage so um i always believe there shouldn't be anything on the floor in your garage sarah i i have i have seen your garage and i can attest that you live by that you would have a heart attack in my garage (laughs) you know when i when i lived in california i remember i go in my garage my garage has always been clean and there was a there was a rattler in there scared the heck out of me because because it was dark and um anyway i call animal control and she shows up she goes where's the snake she goes i go in the garage she goes oh well we'll never find it i said you've never seen my garage Uh, oh sure because she's thinking it's (laughs) hiding yeah she's thinking it's like most people's garages well and that's true and that's one of the things that uh, i tried to relay and and in fact we somebody had texted once and they're like now who's that company that that organizes your garage i'm like no 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 they don't fish for you they teach you to fish (laughs) right they they give you the fishing gear they give you all the equipment to do it and and it is true and i've also stressed that when we talk about customized storage it's not customized based off of the space you have but how you use your garage yeah well and not only that is just the process of going through and having to clear out your garage to make room for us to to apply the epoxy I mean, it's really therapeutic. It is. It's amazing. I just redid mine. I We moved into our house three years ago. Mm-hmm. I did the floor, obviously. Right. And then I just took everything out of my garage, uh, and I put it back, and I threw away about half of it because that's so typically the process. Yeah. <laughs> so I went back with two things. Um, <laughs> but it really is. Why did I keep this? I don't need this yeah, anymore. Let's get rid of it. And and I think it's liberating when you finally get rid of all your stuff that you you seem to hang on to that has no yeah. benefit whatsoever. Well, yeah, it's just it's an awesome thing, and I always encourage people to do it. And of course, any info that they want to reach out, they can go to ksgf.com, Nick's endorsements, and uh, then there's video of my transformation on our Facebook page, 1041 Nick Reed. And then yeah, I, can't I just wait. yeah, I just, just finally seconds. watched that video. Oh, did you I, really I seen it? You the know? Trans- Transformation. Right, yeah. It's a really good well, video. Well, you were there. Right. So you yeah, I, did, see I it. lived it. Yeah, you lived it. Uh, thank you, sir. And I'm so excited for you to be on The Great Escape. Oh, great. I can't wait for it. So it should right. be fun. Mark Long, everyone. Garage experts, again, at KSGF.com under Nick's endorsements. In the meantime, hope everyone has a fantastic weekend. I will talk to you on Monday. 
I'm Nick Reed. Glenn Beck's next.